Hallelujah, what a special day it is. Well, this morning, if you want to prepare your Bibles, we're going to look at a very special passage of Scripture. I'm going to jump around a little bit too, and I don't know why I do that, because it's usually not my thing. But we're going to jump around. Do you mind jumping around? No. Let's do it. We're going to look at Luke 10. Where is my Luke? Here's my Luke 10. And we're going to look at verses 25 through 37. <clears throat> the reason like I thought that this would be such a great scripture today is I was sharing a story with a friend of mine at the, uh, at the Wynn Hotel. A friend of mine runs a, a store that's, I don't know, maybe a two-minute walk from my store. And we were sharing... We were sharing Mr. Wynn stories, <laughs> and uh, there was one time, and I was telling my friend Joey, uh, because he brought, up, he brought up Mr. Wynn, and I said, yeah, there was this, this one time, we were just talking about funny stories, I said, there was this one time that I, I got a call at the store, and they said, uh, you know, Mr. Wynn would like to see you back at Villa 100, so I went to see what it was that I could do. What, what could I possibly do for Mr. Wynn? So I get back to Villa 100. There's two security doors. The, it's kind of next to the country club. So you go through security number one. You kind of like show your face and you get in through the first door. And then there's this long hallway with all the, uh, the golf club villas that are on the golf course. Mr. Wins is the first one, Villa 100. You get to the podium like this and the security guard checks my, my win badge. And then the door opens. And I'm in Villa 100. And there was something that Mr. Wynn needed with what? Well, you know, I'm the watch and jewelry guy. So he had, he had something he wanted me to do with one of his watches. I got it done. I accomplished what he wanted. And then when it was all finished, he has these two German shepherds that look about the size of a small bear. Paws that, I mean, just monsters. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and I, when I finished what he wanted... He's petting the dog, and as you probably know, he's hard of seeing, and he's petting the dog, but he looks like he's looking at me, and he says to me, what I think is me, he says, as he's petting the dog, good boy. <laughs> and I thought, me? Or the dog? I'll never know. So my friend Joey giggles and said, that's a good story. He said, but... You're lucky you even got that because he said, when I'm with Mr. Wynn and he needs something, a handbag or something, you know, that they have at the hotel that his wife might like, he said, he won't even look at me. He won't even talk to me. And I thought, well, that's a bummer because <laughs> I got a good boy. <laughs> but I began to think today, and I'm going to unclip this real quick because I'm going to play something here. I began to think today, that's not very neighborly, is it? If that's the case, but what if, what if Mr. Rogers owned the casino and the hotel, and instead of Win, it said Rogers? This is what it would sound like when you go into Villa 100. Let's see. Welcome. Come on in. You think Joey would feel welcome with this? I was almost going to change my shoes for you and put on a sweater, but I, I changed my mind at the last minute. It's 
It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Let's sing it. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor? I'm glad we're together again. Amen. Aren't you glad to be together again? And look, we look full here, don't we? This is awesome. Well, I wanted to play this because if there's anybody that would make you feel more at home, it would be Fred Rogers. And he was the one that invited us into his house, would change his shoes, put on his cozy, cozy sweater, zip it up, and really spent time making sure the value of making neighbors and caretaking neighbors. Amen? So I tell you this morning, the title of our sermon is, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I want you to consider this passage here from Luke. And we're going to look at 10.25-37. through 37. Let me read it to you here. On the occasion, an expert in the law, stood up to test Jesus, called him an expert. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies, what is written in the law? How do you read it? The expert answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. <laughs> but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Weird question. Do you know who your neighbor is? You know your neighbors? He says, Who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said these words. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened by going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he did something amazing. He took pity on him. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, 
the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this teaching, Father. May it transform our lives. Hallelujah. May we be better people because of what you taught that day. In the name of Jesus, amen. I mentioned this passage of Scripture because Pastor David said recently, we should do something for the Lord. It's time that God's people do something for the Lord. Don't you think you have shoes for a reason and they're to walk, amen? Well, I tell you, in this season, and we're getting close to Thanksgiving, are we thankful? Well, we can also be people that do something significant for the Lord. This is the season that we are getting ready to give thanks, to show care to people, to show compassion. Randy Hurst, he's uh, one of the Assemblies of God world missionaries. He reminds us that in the season of Thanksgiving, we need to turn our thoughts to those who have less. Do you know someone who has less? Even if it's someone that has spiritual a spiritual lessness. <laughs> I can't think of a better word. We know these people, don't we? People that do have needs, significant needs, spiritual needs, physical needs. Those in need. We need to turn our thoughts to those with less. Paul says in Galatians 2.10, remember the poor. And Randy asks, why does Paul stress to remember the poor? Do you think it's easy to forget the poor once in a while if we're not careful? Can they be easy to be forgotten? Because sometimes when we have more, we might be tempted to forget. Am I wrong? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Ask the expert. What kind of expert is that if that's what he asks? Don't go to that expert school, amen? What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written? How do you read it? Asked Jesus in return. And he says, smarty pants knows. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, strength, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This guy knew scripture a little bit. And then what does he say? Correct, Jesus says. Do this and you will live. But then smart mouth says something That's so funny. He says, but who is my neighbor? I know my neighbors. I'm sure you know your neighbors. It's such a funny thing to ask. And I think Jesus probably thought in his mind, I'm so glad you asked this. Who is my neighbor? Because this led Jesus to give him this example in the parable. One of the best parables in Scripture ever. So let's think about it today. Let's kind of look into this today. And then we'll get ready for the week that the Lord has for us. Because I'm telling you, there will be great, wonderful, blessed surprises this week. Amen? When you come to God with expectation, you don't know what will happen. Am I wrong? Anything can happen. And it can be a part of God's goodness and His plan for others. So the first thing I wanted to mention this morning, first point is this. If you see it here, you are God's, I wrote Bureau. Wow, I was thinking almost like the FBI, right? Being dispatched. You are God's Bureau, his agency, whatever you want to call it, his force for reaching the lost, helping the needy. That is what we are called to do, amen? Amen. Do you know some of these people? So some of you might know this story, but I'll tell you because it just cracked me up, my response. Are you ever surprised by your own responses? Are you ever surprised? Like, why did I think that? Why did I react that way? So my friend Joey, 
he sent a client to me, and the client was so happy to get what he was looking for for his wife. He hands me a $100 bill. I'm the store director. Don't give me a $100 bill. I think we're allowed to keep a certain amount of money, but I don't want it. I don't need it. Please, I was so happy to take care of him. He keeps shoving this 100 into my hand, and by the third time, I thought, well, I don't want to be rude. I'll take it. <laughs> I started dreaming about kebabs and falafel and hummus and pita. I'm going to take the family out. Mm. cucumber salad with some Italian vinaigrette. This is going to be a blast, and it's going to be on that dude at the hotel. Hallelujah. What do I do with this $100? So here I am driving home from work. I have my Bible CD on. You know, I'm listening to God's Word, and I see this mom, this young mom, had to be in her 20s. Two little kids in a stroller, little dudes, little dudes, and two other little ones walking behind. And she's trying to pull this all off, going across warm springs to these condos. And I'm listening to Scripture, and I'm looking at her going, wow, that's a lot of kids for this young lady. That's, that's a lot of work. The Lord says, I have a plan for that hundred. I'm like, no! <laughs> Less than an hour. No. That was my response. And I thought, you know, if I could just make it to my gate, block, block. If I could just make it to my gate, if the Lord just lets up, I get to keep that hundred. I'll just, I'll just see if he just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it to the gate. And I'm going to punch in my code. If he's still bugging me, I'm going to go back. Sure enough, I get to the gate. He will not let up on my heart. Turn around. Turn around. How do you say no to the Lord? I would have been the biggest fool of earth if I said no. I would have been missing out on a blessing. I turn around. <laughs> I have to do a little bit of a U-turn. I snuck into her community because she had already made it through the gate. And there she is, all four of them, all four of them. Slow, because there's little dudes everywhere. I pull in. I say, Miss! She doesn't hear me. Miss! She turns around. I get out of my car. God's Spirit told me to give you this. I got the bear hug of my life. She had the biggest smile, thankful, and just bear hug. And you know what? I was so disappointed that my initial response was, no, Lord, no, please. And on the other hand, I was so blessed that I was able to bless someone else on behalf of a God who dispatches people as neighbors, amen? You want to know who your neighbor is? <laughs> You'll find them. You will find them. Our AG missionary, he reminds us, Mr. Hurst, that we have over 2,700 missionaries throughout the world. And you saw the one here on the board this morning that we support. 2,700 2, missionaries, 253 different countries, supported by a network of 350,000 congregations, of which you are one. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Wow. And he asks us, with all those details and all those moving parts, does God have you?
Does he have you? Does he have your heart? Are you on board? Are you signed up for what he's doing? I brought the number five question from the minister's credential renewal. So the notice, I kept one because I wanted to remember this. Number five, when you're, this is when you're uh, renewing your minister's credentials for the next year. Number five, do you support in personal prayer and finance Assemblies of God, World Missions, and U.S. Mission missionaries and ministries what if i checked that box and i didn't do that <laughs> that's a bummer right so really quick i have to go oh great reminder lord bless our missionaries and i'll put a 20 in the thing this week <laughs> you know how many times i did that i'm not here to lie to you i'm here to tell you the truth i haven't arrived i'm a work in progress anybody else like that Amen. lord Bless them. Here's a 20 this week. Sorry, I haven't done it this year. I'm getting to it in December. Something else, huh? But I mention that because truly we are to be people that are thankful and put into other people's lives, recalling the Lord's blessings. Amen? So we need to be grateful for all that we have and bless other people, and we remember those that are in need. Hallelujah. We cannot forget that. We remember those in need because we are the body of Christ that are touching the lives of the ones that the Lord pinpoints to us. Does he not pinpoint people to you? Does he not put people in your sphere? Those that need God's compassion, his love. But we can address their spiritual needs if we'll just get involved. Isn't that the hard part? We just need to take that first step to get involved. And sometimes we see people and we think, you know what, I don't want to get too involved. I'm not sure about this one. I passed this guy who shines shoes at the hotel, and he started talking to me about all this atheist stuff he believes in. He goes, you must be Christian, right? And we're talking about all this stuff. He starts telling me about, uh, you know, not believing in anyone but himself and on and on and on. And he said, but how do you read scripture? And I thought, ooh, I love that question from an atheist. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I think his name is Hector. I was talking to him last night. I said, Hector, the way I read Scripture is there's a God in heaven that wanted to know me so much. He wanted to make sure that I had a future in him. He wanted to make sure that I wouldn't be found lost and dying in my sins. He wanted to make sure that one day when I stand before the Lord and the devil says, I want to lay claim on Ryan's life, Jesus comes in and says, no, I paid the price for his sins. He comes into heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm looking at Hector going, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. If I felt the hairs on my arms start to go up, I know he was sensing God's spirit too in that moment. There's no way about it. I said, I was bought at a price, Hector. Devil doesn't own me. There's evil in this world, as you know. There's evil in this world, and it won't own me. I'll make sure that I am found in the Lamb's book of life. Well, he asked, dummy. <laughs> Sorry, that's not very nice. Well, I thought that was actually really cool. But we are to be thankful. And that's what Christ did for us. He passed the mantle, amen? He passed the mantle to us to make sure that we reach out. And in doing so, we connect people with God's church. Hallelujah. This is the hospital, folks. Welcome. Where's your insurance card? 
This is the spiritual hospital, amen? This is where we do the work to get rid of addictions. <laughs> no more. No more. The proud waves can come to the beach and then the Lord tells them, no more. You can come no further, amen? We tell addiction, you've had this much traction in my life, no more. I push you back. I push you back in Jesus' name. Addiction be gone in the name of Jesus. You have no authority over me. I'm bought by the blood of the Lamb and I'm found in God's family. Addictions be gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We connect people with God's church. This is where we learn. In Christ's story, we see the great example of his love in action. One time a homeless guy, I saw him trying, he's trying to buy a, I was at this little taco shop on Charleston. He's trying to buy something. He's fishing through all his coins. I said, I got you, man. What do you want? He goes, actually, what I really need is a sleeping bag. Would you believe I was in the same shopping center as a big five? And I told him, pray about it, bud. I was only willing to get the burrito. What would a sleeping bag have cost me for that dude? 20 bucks? 30 bucks? I don't know. Terrible. The Samaritan, he did the opposite though, right? When he saw the guy in the road that the robbers had left almost for dead, the Samaritan kicks into action. He goes totally all in for the injured man, the robbed man. <clears throat> the robbed man. And not just for a few minutes. He didn't invest a few minutes. He didn't invest an hour. He invested until the guy was fully restored and recovered and that recovery was achieved. That's amazing. I wish I was like that. When I was young, I struggled to finish things. Anybody else like me? You start something and go, <laughs> it never is going to get finished. Jana promised she was going to make me a table out of little mosaic stones. That was 15 years ago. I saw one at Pier 1. She goes, I'll make you one. I'm not going to spend $300. I said, okay, where's my mosaic table, babe? I'm still waiting. 15 years later, she's, she's ministering in Alamo today. We kind of like saw the 93 and the 15 and split up. <laughs> God bless her. But I'll tell you, the Samaritan is a great example of getting things done in God's way. Investing. Hallelujah. So our second point is this. You see it here? It's time for God's people to value every single person. We need to value every single person. Amen? How does this work out? Virginia at Joey's store. Virginia told me a story. She went to Pier 1. She uh, bought a bunch of stuff for her house. And within three days, she noticed the charge never came through on her debit card. The charge just didn't show up. So she said, Ryan, temptation hit me. Must have been a glitch. I got all the stuff in my house already. I'll just keep it. I didn't have to pay. But guess what happened? She's a believer. God's Spirit said, no. Call in. Call in and ask them and just double check with them. So she listened to the Lord. She called in. A young girl answers the phone. Virginia says, hi, I was there a few days ago. I noticed the charge never came through. A young girl who had just started said, oh, thank God for calling. My manager's been trying to find out how we could reach out to you, but we, we had no, no record or anything. She's like, thank you so much. Can, can I please take down your number? Because my manager wants to reach out to you. 
And Virginia gave her the number, gave her her phone number so the manager could call her directly so she could make sure that the, the products were paid for properly. Well, guess what? That young girl was so nervous, she miswrote Virginia's number. So the manager never called Virginia. Two more days went by and Virginia said, Ryan, I was tempted again. Well, I tried. I did my part. If they made a mistake or they're not going to reach out. But then it hit her. What if the girl wrote my number down wrong? Is this God showing up again? So she stops the temptation moment and calls in again. And sure enough, the young lady had miswritten the phone number. Something else. But Virginia felt bad for this girl because she thought at the end of the day, she'll probably get in trouble. She maintained the value for that young lady rather than get away with the sin. We need to value people just as much, amen? Put value in their lives. Step in their shoes. We can't always try to feel what it's like to walk in their shoes, but we can at least put on those shoes, amen? And see what it would be like. In our passage, the priest sees the man in the road in that bad situation, and he nonchalantly passes on the other side. Ooh, glad I'm not you. Glad I'm not in this position. Beaten, robbed, left for dead. And then what does the Levite do? The Levite comes by the scene in Jesus' example, and he goes on the other side. See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. And he goes around the man. Well, I tell you, God's people, that's who we are. We must value life and not show favoritism. Amen? You want to hear about favoritism? James says, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, do not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, go ahead and sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. This is James 2. Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him who you belong. Then James ends it this way. He says, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Rough, huh? But so powerful. I jotted down another Scripture. This one is Ephesians let me see if I can get there quickly because I didn't mark it. Do, 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 do. All right, I'm in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 1 through 5. Because we need to value each other also, do we not? We need to value each other. Unity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 
make every effort, <laughs> excuse me, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one. Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are to be united in Christ, brothers and sisters. Isn't that the truth? So, one time I was hanging out with my daughter, and this one kid was asking for 80 cents. He's, that, that, was his, that was his gig. Do you have 80 cents? Do you have 80 cents? I said, Kylie, should we give this kid 80 cents? Maybe we'll give him a dollar. Just round it up. That's a 20% bonus, right? And she says, nah. She said, I think I'd rather spend that money on toys. This is when she was little. But you know what? There is a teaching there. Let's not value the toys in our life more than the precious souls and people that we meet. Amen? Let's never value toys more than human lives. So our third point is this. You'll see it here. Stop missing blessed God moments. Have you had a God moment recently? Anybody have a God moment where something special happened and you thought, that was you, Lord. That was you. Well, you know what? Sometimes when God comes speaking to me, I don't always respond the right way. Amen? Sometimes we don't respond the right way. Well, why do these things keep happening to me? Have you ever said that? Why does such and such keep happening to me? So here I am again, Warm Springs Ministry. My goodness, why do I keep driving up this street? Back when I used to have a minivan, I saw this young mom and she was driving a Dodge van that was just smoking everywhere. See, that's the problem with Dodge minivans. I owned one, I should know. And when I drove by, I noticed a bunch of little kids screaming and crying in that minivan. And I thought, and it was my day off. And I thought, oh, bummer. Just like, just like the priest and the Levite. Bummer for her. And what does the Lord see? Turn around, Ryan. Oh. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I turn around. I turn around. I don't always do it willingly, but I do it. And you know what? It reminds me of how far I've come and how far I haven't come <laughs> when I watch my response. And I turned around, and an officer was already with her. And I said, Officer, I'm one of the ministers in this area. I'd be happy to help, whatever I can do. He said, yeah, her, her car bit the dust. It's over. So I said to her, young lady, just stay here for a minute. I'll go grab some waters, some snacks at the house. And it looks like we have an extra little porta potty from when our kids were smaller. I'll bring you one because you have like seven of these little kids all over this, your minivan. So I go home, I grab all this stuff, and... Uh, and in that, when I get back, they've stopped crying because they see all the, the goodies that I brought. <clears throat> and the Lord basically used me in this capacity, which I'm so happy to be able to be one that would step in and help instead of just drive by, which a lot of people might choose to do. I almost chose that way. So she says to me, you're a pastor? And I got to tell you, I've been asking for the Lord to give me a break. And I said, I'm here. Did I fight the Lord to U-turn to come see you? Yes, I did. But I'm here. Here's your break, at least for today. I hope I can make it a little bit better. So as we're driving, uh, 
I put everybody in my minivan. I arranged a, a, a tow truck to come get her van wherever she wanted it sent. She lived on the other side, like Sunset Mountain or something. It was like, the, it was like halfway to Arizona. And I'm like, my goodness, you live so far. And uh, here I am with this whole like Brady Bunch in the back of my minivan. And she didn't have any money to get her van fixed. So guess what happens? We're driving by Bank of America and the Lord says, go give her a hundred. And I'm like, Lord, knowing you is so expensive. You're like one of the most expensive people I know. All right, I'll do it. So we go through, get her, I got her a hundred dollar bill. And then I said, come visit us at church one day. Come visit us at church. And I gave her the contact information for Pastor Dave's church in Henderson since it's on that side of town. And then she said, thank you so much, gave me a big hug, and she said, the kids want you to come visit one day. <laughs> I'm like, I made friends. I'm like Fred Rogers. I have new neighbors. I'm going to pick up this story a little bit later because it gets better. But in our passage, the injured man was nothing more than a nuisance and a roadblock in the middle of the road to the priest and the Levite. But to the Samaritan, the injured man, was a rare and beautiful ministry opportunity. It all depends on how you see it, amen? Or how you value people. So we should be looking for the same types of opportunities. Hallelujah. In this world, they're everywhere. There are needs everywhere. Am I wrong? And may the ministry of Jesus Christ be the ministry that we have in our hearts also. Don't make this world all about you. Dethrone yourself if you need to. Amen? All you have to do is get off that big throne of you-ness and start thinking of others. Hallelujah. I had to do it, and I do it all the time. Make myself do it. Even when I, I'm like that donkey sometimes. The Lord's trying to get to go in a direction that's like fighting. But I make myself do it. I choose to do it. And then I ask the Lord to forgive me for my uh, initial response. You know, you just have to. But Hebrews 13, 1 through 3 states this. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Have you heard this scripture before? By doing good things and helping others, you might be entertaining the angelic hosts. They're just watching going, that was cool. I am proud of you. How awesome is that? Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners. Is that tough to do? And remember those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering mistreatment. That's really putting your feet in someone else's shoes. This one guy needed $85 to get his security card. You know, he wanted to be a security guard at the win. He said, I have everything done. I just don't have the 85 bucks to get that dumb card. What if I said, I feel you, bro. And I just walked away. Did I really feel him? No, I didn't. I could hand this guy 85 bucks. That's not going to kill me. Loving God means loving others, amen, which should be followed by respect, empathy, and kindness. So our last point is this. <clears throat> Don't lack love for others. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Love, amor, amore, 
It's in so many languages, amen, this word. We have to have this word in our hearts. Don't lack the very thing we speak of, God's love in our own hearts, amen? Jesus says that when the Samaritan saw the stripped, robbed, beaten man lying on the road, he took pity on him, he bandaged him, and he took the job of restoring him. And why? The priest and the Levite certainly didn't see the same value in this gentleman's life in the same way that the Samaritan did. They lacked love. We don't ever want to lack love, amen? My wife says, show me your attitude and I'll show you your future. She says that sometimes. But you see, in comparison, the priest and the Levite, the Samaritan didn't look at the injured man without love. He looked at him with compassion, pity, and love. He didn't look at him as a person to take advantage of. Ooh, let's see if he has any more change in his pockets while he's down there robbed, beaten, and everything, and stripped He didn't look at him to take advantage of him. He didn't look at him as a distraction to his day or the plans of trying to go on the way on the road. He didn't look at him as something to avoid. He viewed the injured man as a human being made in God's image, hallelujah, and worthy to be loved and helped. Worthy. I'm going to read something that Fred Rogers said. Fred Rogers said this. Here's Mr. Rogers' words. Life isn't cheap. It's the greatest mystery of any millennium. And television needs to do all it can do to broadcast, to show and tell what the good in life is all about. But how do we make goodness attractive? By doing whatever we can do to bring courage to those whose lives move more near to our own lives. By treating our neighbor at least as well as we treat ourselves. And allowing that to inform everything that we produce. Who in your life has such a servant, has been such a servant to you, who has helped love you and give you the goodness that grows within you? Are there people in our lives that are just like that? He says, let's take 10 seconds to think of some of those people who have loved us so much and wanted what was best for us in life. Those who have encouraged us to become who we are today. Just 10 seconds of silence. What a great point. You know I think of? Grandma Marie. Oh, I had the best grandma ever. So loving. When you think about how much we are, people have invested in our own lives, is it not amazing? So Randy Hurst, he challenges, he challenges us. He says, when we come upon those in need, he said, since the Spirit of Christ is within us, do not pass by on the other side. Love people. It's time to love people. So I guarantee you, if God took an interest in all that you are, God took an interest in your life. Am I, am I correct? Amen. Is that why you're here? Paul reminds us in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That sounds like a dance, doesn't it? Ooh, someone might do the Charleston. Someone might do the Samba. We do the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen? Doesn't that sound like a good dance? I like saying that. Keep in step with the Spirit. Sometimes people think my son is just like me, and they think my daughter is just like my wife. They think my son is inquisitive, thoughtful, courteous. 
And they're like, he's just like you and looks just like you. And they think Kylie's fun-loving, doesn't mind to get a little messy, loves clutter and fun, 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 like Jana. This is how people have said in the past. But when you're God's child, you want to emulate the Lord. Amen? Amen. We want to keep in touch and in step with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because it's a lost world. So I wanted to end this way. Everybody knows that Syria had this big civil war. In the midst of the civil war, <coughs> excuse me, in the midst of the civil war, someone decided to put up a 40-foot statue of Jesus with open arms, encouraged by the one that you see in Rio de Janeiro with Jesus with his open arms. Three factions are fighting each other, and they decide we're going to put up a 40-foot Jesus. And so, October 14th, back in the days, the day it went up, this giant statue of Jesus had so many setbacks, including the danger zone of putting this up in a war zone. But you know why they did it? Because they said Jesus would have done it. He would have seen it through. So guess what happened? They actually halted the war while this statue was moved in and placed up. It took three Days to raise the statue of Jesus in two parts. And the project was called, I Have Come to Save the World. The project began in 2005, hoping that the statue would be an inspiration to the Christians that are stuck in Syria. And I mention this because they almost thought about canceling the project with all the challenges that had happened. But the Greek Orthodox patriarch, John, he said... You know what? Jesus really would have seen it through. He wouldn't stop. So, it was a miracle. And everybody that participated almost thought there would be an element of failure, that it wouldn't happen. But I wanted to mention this this morning because maybe it's time for a 40-foot Jesus to arise in our lives. Amen? Maybe we need to go through all the challenges and make sure that Christ Jesus arises in us, a spirit man, a spirit woman, and starts pushing back all the things that need to be removed from our lives and causes a peace that surpasses understanding. Sometimes I wonder why that young lady that I helped with that minivan situation and all those kids didn't reach out. I was a little bit bummed, thought, gosh, I thought I'd hear from her. Well, I mentioned this story at New Horizons, our church in the Southwest, and you'll never believe what happened. One of the congregation people came up to me when I mentioned this story to them and said, you know what's so weird? There was a lady on Christian radio. I don't know if you know, it's like 101, I, I can't remember, 100.5. It's already set on my dial. He said, a young woman got on about two weeks ago, and said she wanted to send thanks to the young minister that helped, young, oh, that's cool. She wanted to send thanks to the young minister that helped get her minivan across the valley and took care of her needs that day. I said, you have to be kidding me. He goes, no, I heard it. It was on Christian radio. I said, you have to be kidding me. And I felt like, praise God. Because I wondered what had happened to her. Never heard from her again. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing. So, we send out thanks. I figured that was like a bonus from the Lord. So as we finish today, there was this, you ever Google map anything? Anybody Google map? I do it a lot. 
there was this island in the Pacific that doesn't exist. There, but, but if you Google mapped it, it showed that it was there. It's called Sandy Island. It says, a sizable uninhabited island shown in the South Pacific on Google Maps and on the other charts, but it does not exist. Scientists notice this island, it's, and some call it Sable Island, but it doesn't appear on the navigational map aboard their ship. So what did the captain decide to do? Let's go steer towards this thing and see what is there. So they steer towards it, even though it occupies about 60 square miles on the map. The team from the University of Sydney in Australia found only deep blue seas of the Coral Sea when they arrived at the same exact coordinates, the Phantom Island. There it was. It was nothing. <laughs> so it says on Google Earth and the maps, we went to check out on that island and we were really puzzled. It's quite bizarre. So he said, how did it find its way onto the maps, this Phantom Island? We just don't know, but we plan to find out. I mention this today as we close because may we, as God's people, never treat the lost as though they do not exist. Those that need Jesus, may we never treat them as though they do not exist. May we have eyes to see, amen, ears to hear cries that need help, hands to be able to help people's lives, invest in them, amen. But who is my neighbor, the expert asked. Smarty pants with this little one-sided question. And don't you love when people ask a question and answer with a question? <laughs> but Jesus laid it straight. The one who shows compassion. May that be us, amen? May that be us. So when they went to look for the island in reference to the needy, we should go and steer our ships also to those that are needy, amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, that we can truly invest in others as you've invested in us. May we give them the same love that you gave us. May we not lack the very thing that we always speak of, God's love. May God's love be ever strengthened in our lives. May we stop missing God moments and blessed opportunities and start reaching in and going into those moments further and further. And Lord, may we value every single person that we meet, no matter who they are, where they come from, their background, whatever it might be, socioeconomic status, may we value every single person and see them the way you see them. And lastly, Lord, may we, may we never forget that we are your force to reach the lost of this world, the needy of this world, and may we forever be changed by the scripture that we have today to go and show compassion. And in your name we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen.